You know, it's funny that uh, that uh, Mike is uh, Mr. Spike Strip, and uh, who would have known that you could store drugs in tires, especially big ass uh, semi tires? And uh, that is MacGyver tip uh, number one, uh, which we will give uh, weekly. Uh, and when I mean weekly, I mean this episode and next episode, because next week's the finale. Holy smokes! Uh, welcome to Lawyer Up Podcast. Yeah, Mike. I, I almost called you Mike. Well, you know, I I have the <laughs> the the intensity of Mike when uh, when I look like I'm in the zone and and want to do want to do shit, uh, especially uh, pop tires out of uh, drug lords, uh, you know, tires. Which who would have thought uh, that was possible? You know, if you need a lawyer, you better call Saul. If you need some money, you better call Mike. If you need a co and a special guest, call Stacy. Hey, Stacy. Hey! <laughs> so awesome, awesome. Thank you. That was a great intro. Good job. <laughs> she, you call her up and she will uh, come to you. You know, she come to you on Skype uh, at any moment uh, as long as she's not working. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, Stacy, tell us uh, about. Uh, how you kind of discovered Better Call Saul. And the one thing we ask our, our guests, and by the way, Sharon, uh, my girlfriend, is here too. Totally uh, should not uh, forget at all. Hi. <laughs> um, so the one the one thing we do want to ask uh, guests that come on, especially for the first time, uh, do, uh, first off, have you watched uh, Breaking Bad? And if not, uh, how are you uh, kind of interpreting uh, this season, you know, the show in general? So I totally did watch Breaking Bad. So uh, I, I'm almost jealous of people that of people that that didn't, um, because it's got to be a completely unique perspective, right? Because it is a standalone show. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm kind of uh, I feel like one of those people that read the book and then went to go see went to go see the movie. Um, and so they're having a different experience than people that just go to see the movie. And I'm usually the type of person that just goes to see the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's an interesting experience, like knowing the backstory of all these characters. I'm really, really enjoying Mike and his character development. So, yeah. And, and the, so I guess, uh, how did you discover Breaking Bad then uh, as a, as a show? Did you, did you were you in uh, as it was airing? Did you jump on Netflix when it was uh, airing as well, or was it just? I kind of, think oh. I wasn't um, watching it week to week until the last season. Um, I had caught up with it on Netflix, like the first seven seasons, um, just like binging it. Um, I'm sure just like everybody else, like a friend of a friend told me that it's a really good show and that I should be watching it. And so, you know, I peer pressure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, I, I definitely um, uh, binge watched it for a good long time. And the last season was, uh, was, was sort of, um, uh, it, it was it was hard to to go like an entire week and not know what's happening next because I was so used to binging it. <laughs> was, was you had Breaking Bad, you mean? Or was yeah, it? with okay. Breaking Bad. Okay, yeah. yeah, I definitely I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Better Call Saul, I do watch every week. And then when they took that break, you know, in the half yeah. season, mm -hmm. oh, I was, just, I was dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Now, what what do you think uh, of the uh, Better Call Saul overall? Uh, just uh, from watching it week to week, is it different than binging it and and doing that stuff? Yeah, um, I think it's it's the same in general. You you get a different appreciation for the show because the show feels different when you're binging it. You don't necessarily um, you don't harp on certain things for a week, and you don't reflect on certain things. Um, so. Um, so that that sort of pause in between sort of gives you time to sort of analyze what just happened in in the, that week's episode, and so you get to uh, experience it in, in I think a different way um, when you watch it week to week versus when you when you're binging it. When you're binging it, you're taking in so much information all at once, and you might miss certain things until you go back and watch it again. Um, I know I did that with Breaking Bad. I went back and rewatched some episodes and realized that I completely, you know, missed some, some aspects of the show because I was just... I was on my fifth episode that day. <laughs> that's true. And yeah, the I guess that's one of the disadvantages of uh, binging a show is that you're you're so... You're so in tune, and then you just miss little things uh, of, uh, you know, Easter eggs almost of just like, hey, you know that that like for example, this episode uh, where Mike was in a bar, and from what I understand, it looks and it feels like the same bar that uh, Mike and Walt get in a fight in, and, and some that's something that you probably wouldn't get if you're watch if you're binge watching it. Or, or, you know, or some sort, you know, like that. Sharon, any thoughts? Because you're giving me the, your rambling sign. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, I didn't notice that. I wasn't 100% sure on that. But you mentioned it when mm-hmm. we watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the final thing I, I kind of want to ask is uh, overall, because you've watched Breaking Bad, uh, who do you like more, uh, Jimmy McGill or Saul Goodman? Oh, I had that question too. For who do yes. I like more? What, what storyline um, are you feeling more connected to and interested in watching the Mike story or say the Jim Jimmy story? Oh, is that right? I actually I was asking. It changes oh, 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 from week to week. Sorry. I like Jackie's question. Yeah. I'll answer your question first. <laughs> yeah, just go. Um, just just forget us. I... Just go. Here you go. You got the so, whole show. <laughs> so in case anybody else got confused, Rick was asking, "Do I like? Do I like?" Saul Goodman better, or do I like Jimmy McGill better? Um, I know more about Jimmy McGill now. Uh, we didn't really explore Saul Goodman as a character really in Breaking Bad. I mean, he was he was the the comedic sort of relief in in mo- most of the time. Um, so we really didn't get to know him. We, uh, uh, he didn't really become a full complete person to me until. Um, we, until Better Call Saul. Um, so yeah, so definitely Jimmy McGill, but I'm so, so um, excited to see him turn into Saul Goodman. Um, I, 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 the, the entire show, um, obviously we're, we're waiting for that to happen, and, um, and it, it, you see little, I love the little, the little, that we're getting it in little bits and pieces. Um, like he's just slowly turning into that person and you can see how he ended up being such a caricature of him, of his real self. Um, so yeah, so that's really interesting. And then, uh, Jackie, you asked, um, do I like Mike's storyline or do I like Jimmy's storyline better? Which is a really good question 
because I was actually thinking about that, and it actually changes from week to week. Mm-hmm. This week, I really liked Mike's storyline, um, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it, 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 Mike's storyline was um, for a few weeks was a little bit more interesting. There was more uh, character building um, in Jimmy's uh, storyline for for a little bit, uh, whereas Mike had all the action going on in his storyline. Um, and so, yeah, so for a while it was, it was, it was definitely Mike. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I just keep finding that people are like, uh, from what I hear from the feedback that I search out all day long, because I can't do anything other than think about Better Call Saul, uh, I find that a lot of people are saying, eh, I like the Jim Kim the Jimmy Kim Chuck story, but not so much as Mike. I get excited when I see Mike on the screen. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of interested in what others are thinking. Well, and I think the reason why that's kind of said is because in Breaking Bad, Mike really was a mystery. And uh, it seems like they've still kept that mystique around Mike uh, as far as, like, what is he going to do next? How is he going to get out of this situation? Uh, I mean, from... I mean, we were looking at, it must have been season three uh, on, as far as Mike's character. Uh, it really wasn't developed. We didn't even know he was a Philly cop until, I think, towards the end of, like, the start of fifth season, something like that. Um, he was just the cleaner, and, and that's all he was hired to do, and it, he seemed very cleanerish of, you know, <laughs> staying uh, very secretive uh, about his info and we didn't even get to see his granddaughter until the yeah till the final season. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's debate, debatable on whether it was the first half or the second half uh, because she's obviously been mentioned. Um, but it's he still has this mystique uh, about about himself, which is really really nice because I think that's what people were worried about is that we were going to get so much info about Mike and, and everything, and we were going to either A, connect with him more, or B, not think he's badass uh, anymore, which is a huge reason why people liked Mike in Breaking Bad, because he, he really, really was the badass in, in the show. And yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he could ever not be a badass. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, there was, there's, very, there's, very more, there's more touching moments in, in, for Mike as a character in Better Call Saul compared to uh, Breaking Bad. And oh yeah, yeah. I was he's saying not last, as much- last week. I won't. I won't say. You know, go into it again that much. But I was rewatching Breaking Bad for the one hundred and fifty seventh million time, uh, very recently, and I came across uh, the storyline between Walt and um, Mike. And a, and not. You know, we try to hold our Breaking Bad spoilers way to the end, but you know, there is a conflict that goes on, and I just remembered absolute. I I I felt bad for. Walt when that happened when I watched Breaking Bad but now going back and rewatching it I want to just choke Walter I hate him he was a character that you wanted to see succeed and love but now going back with the with the background that I have of Jimmy and uh Mike I I, I Walt is a monster to me uh, mm-hmm. so yeah definitely uh, this I and mean, we've talked about it before is that this show is so unique that It'll change the way you look at another show completely if you do another view when it's all said and done because you're you're connected with Jimmy, you're connected with Mike, uh, you're connected with any – I mean you're connected with 
Tio, for, for goodness sakes, of hating him even more. Because, I mean, in Breaking Bad, all he was was the guy in the wheelchair that seemed very broken. And, you know, just a guy that was there. Uh, almost comic relief, almost, for, for Tio in the in the wheelchair. And something I do want to point out before we move on to our episode, because we are getting a little bit uh, season-heavy or series-heavy. Uh, Tensor Guy mentioned uh, in the chat, which you can join uh, when we go live at uh, hashtag uh, LawyerUp in the chat room on DiamondClub.tv. Uh, Tensor Guy mentioned that uh, Mike is is a badass, and but he's also very super grounded, which I think is unique because that's not really uh, any other character has that as far as like being grounded, which which is interesting. Why I say the word grounded because uh, you know Jimmy and Kim uh, grounded themselves. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Kim. Kim is probably the the probably pretty grounded. Um, but yeah, but those really are the only two. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Sharon, yeah. You- That's kind of funny. She's so grounded that she doesn't really need to ground herself when she enters Chuck. But right. yep. uh, anyways, uh, shut up, Jackie. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all right, good. All right, so let, let's uh, move on into our episode, which is called Nailed. Uh, and lo and behold, we start off uh, with uh, a huge nailing of uh, the drug trafficking truck that we saw uh, last week. I thought it was just an ice cream truck. Yes. It's, <laughs> on the outside, it looks like an ice cream truck, but uh, in inside, we, we know that it's uh, a drug truck, uh, but only in the tires. Uh, first off... Yeah, I was really excited that, that like, I kind of thought when I heard that air, and I saw the, the closed caption last week that there was an air wrench. I was like, oh, it's inside the truck. But it wasn't inside the truck. It was in the tires, so I don't think that counts. So It kind of counts. I mean, air, it, it, you just would have... Had to dig in just a little more, and you would have nailed it. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Anyways. Title pun. That's a lot uh, of money. Yeah. I absolutely loved uh, the the kind of setup to the spike strip. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it was. Uh, black ninja outfit. Yeah, black ninja outfit. Uh, he was very careful, and everything uh, just was perfect until the – in my opinion, as far as being shot and everything like that, I believe the thing that kind of took me out of this was the start of the background music when he was sawing sawing the tires and, and getting the drugs. Uh, it, for some reason, the, the start of the music uh, just didn't seem Breaking Bad slash uh, Better Call Saul-like. Really? Uh, really? Yeah. I, didn't not- I didn't even notice the music at all. It started, I guess, okay. maybe, yeah, maybe I was just in a different place when I was uh, it, watching the beginning or something like that. But it seemed, it seemed very, uh, dun, dun, dun. And then the music, like, started. So I was like, oh, what's this sound? And then it was like, oh, it's the music. Interesting. I, right. I guess that was my only huge little step back of not super being into this. But I absolutely loved Mike, uh, you know doing his detective work and realizing that it was in the tires. Uh, speaking of the music, uh, apparently, I guess that music that the truck driver was listening to in the truck on his way to this, uh, his accident, uh, I think it, it, the lyrics are something like, you can t- don't touch my butt, or you can touch my butt. 
And I just loved the way the guys just driving the truck and dancing and singing the song. You know, anyways, I, it was cute. That, that truck driver was, that was adorable. cute, adorable. <laughs> weird how I felt like I still had the song in my head afterwards. Was it, oh, you <laughs> Sharon, was that what the lyrics were? Because you can, you know, I know you have, I, I, I it was a really, it, the, the lyrics were really weird. I mean, I didn't like put it into my translate app or anything, but that's not like a phrase I've heard before. But yeah, it just sounded like. You can yeah. touch me on my body. Type yeah, there was a line about looking good in your pants <laughs> or something. And yeah, to me, like the cuckoo, it kind of sounded a little more, I don't know, <laughs> a little less of yeah. but to me. But I don't know. I, it, it's just like a slang thing that I've never heard before. Yeah, and I guess it would depend on whether he heard it in the radio or that was a CD or disc or uh, <laughs> uh, well, because if it's a disc or a tape, it would be uncensored. So it'd be something more. Uh, oh, good. Point. You know, okay, it might be like a censored thing. Yeah, in in compared to hearing it on the radio, yeah, it could be you know just butt and things like that. We tensor guy's a friend of all of ours. He's in the chat and he says. It's don't don't mess with my cuckoo. It's yeah. terribly inappropriate. Um, still played at weddings for years. It's like oh, tenser guy. Played <laughs> at weddings. I want, yeah, the, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I, get him on. Now and now when, I got to do the, wedding research. When the girl research, was singing, it was a lot more like I know you've got another girl like kind of thing, and he's just singing along to the girl's part. Yes, yeah, the girls' part, which made it. Hey, I do that too in songs, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the girls' part was like, "Leave me alone," I think, and he still oh. same way. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and uh, along the lines of Mike, um, you know, I think I, I like tweeted out, and I got a lot of retweets from random people that were just following Better Call Saul. Uh, but uh, when when Mike was um, uh, in the bar, and he we see him afterwards, he's celebrating. And he buys everyone around round of drinks, and I said, uh-oh, you know, like, if there's any way you want to, you, you're sure to get noticed is when you buy the house drinks. And I thought, this cannot be going good, and somewhere good. But apparently it was fine. He just bought them all drinks. Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was a fun scene. Uh, again, it seems like the, the show ha- knows what it's doing, and usually people aren't punished, uh, or people are punished for their actions. Uh, later down in the season or down the road or whatever. Uh, yeah, this seemed like it was just a, hey, I got this money and now I'm going to spend it because I can. Was I the only one who thought that when he went to the the breakfast place, he was going to tip the waitress really well? But then that never happened. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, they didn't show that happening. But like, I that was very uncharacteristic for Mike, too. He's normally not a flaunter, so I thought that was really interesting. Why, why would he do that? Yes, which is why I was thinking this must mean everything must mean something, you know. Like, it might, like, I think it might come back later on. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you're right. I think that he spent a lot of work, a lot of time and effort, and he felt like he was going to expose, you know, bad people for being bad people. And I think that the flaunting might make the end result even worse. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really the only place that he flipped up in any way. Mm-hmm. Correct. But I just mean emotionally for him. Like he was so proud of himself of everything that he did. And he was like, I, I got him," And then everything that he did, well, yeah, let's 
Go ahead, Stacey. No, I was just, I was, I was agreeing. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's very uncharacteristic, uh, but uh, something that kind of came up uh, later in the episode was uh, him talking to the waitress, uh, Fran. Fran. Hmm. Yep. Uh, Sharon, I I know Sharon had something to say as far as. Uh, what was going on there and, and everything like that. Oh, I just thought it was really sweet. It seemed almost like the first time I saw Mike have this look of, ooh, I'm being flirted with, you know? Like, did you guys catch that? He was like, yeah, it was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, to me, it seems like, it seemed like she was just like, yeah, right, that's not going to happen, right? But he seemed happy with the situation. Yeah, I think, I don't yeah. know if it was who it was on the... Because uh, Aaron Trout um, was on, not Mike Aaron Trout, um, J- Jonathan Banks was on uh, the, this week's episode of Insider. And this episode of the podcast dedicated to the Insider podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you that anyways, I think they were talking about it and it was kind of like, I, I don't know if it was Kelly or who said something like, it was cute because it was like he kind of gave that look like, hey, I might still have it. Like I might still, you know. <laughs> kind of find some happiness and it was it was adorable i loved that she's like well you can come sn- uh plow my snow <laughs> uh, that was adorable. Uh, oh also i thought i caught something and i'm probably completely wrong because nobody else is talking about it on the internet uh but right after that after she walks away it kind of pans over and there's a guy sitting at a uh a table several tables down he asks for the check that guy, to me, looks just like the guy in, from Breaking Bad that owned the um, the pest, n- the no the the shop the uh, the or the junkyard. That's right. And oh. I don't know. I have to go back and watch it. Yeah, I didn't right. notice. He it, it was this guy yeah. with long blonde white hair in a ponytail, and it looked it looked like him. You could only saw him from the side. I went and checked IMDb. He's not listed. He did. He's not in the credits. So I have no clue, huh. uh, but you know they didn't talk about him being in there during the. So, show, uh, so I I don't know, but um, uh, spoilers for Breaking Bad. Who people are? Uh, this is a really quick aside. Uh, the yeah, show that uh, we're talking about is when they when they go to the junkyard, the magnets, oh, the magnets, the magnets okay. guy, yeah. science bitch, or no, no, yo, I, magnets bitch, or I don't know, magnets you... bitch, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, he really did look familiar, and I'm sure eventually uh, somebody uh, maybe will just uh, blow up the Twitters and just be like, hey, was that you, guy? And, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you are listening, and of course you know the answer because you are probably bigger fans than we'll ever be, uh, hit us up, lawyeruppodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. Uh Go ahead, Jackie. I apologize. No, 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 no. That's fine. Uh, that there was, um, I guess there was, there was another good mic scene. Oh, 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 the nacho uh, mic scene. I love these little meetings they have in that 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 place they found where there's just enough cover that they couldn't be watched and they can come in from different directions. And but that, that nacho to me was so touching the way mm-hmm. he was like livid that 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 thing that operation went down the way it did causing a good samaritan do- to die um it, it was touching it was very very touching it was and, and it was again i love these actors i love the way they say so much without saying anything um but what did you guys think uh stacy 
I did not really get um, that he was all that upset about the um, the innocent person being killed. Um, I thought that he was pissed off because he could understand Mike doing it for money. But he got pissed off when he found out, oh, you just wanted to snitch? You just wanted to, to, to have somebody, to have my boss get caught? And that's when he got angry. He didn't care about the innocent person until he found out that it wasn't for selfish reasons, which I don't understand that logic, but I'm also not a criminal, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, that's good. but I thought that that was a really interesting uh, interesting viewpoint um, uh, that Nacho had. I, it was very confusing to me, but it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think that Nacho brought up also that if you bring down the cops on my boss, they're coming down on me. Yeah. Self-preservation point of view. Mm-hmm. And that's all, that's all he is about. That is his M.O. to a T. Like, he is all about himself. Um, so, yeah, so I did not think that he was in any way um, concerned about uh, I think Mike was concerned about the innocent person. I don't think he considered um, the fact that, and I think that is going to have effects. Talk about emotional effects later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Mike is going to feel emotional effects for being responsible for the death of an, in, an, an innocent person. Um, even though he didn't pull the trigger himself, he's going to feel responsible for that person's death, um, definitely, for sure. And, uh, and and he's not completely wrong either. Um and so, yeah, so um, I definitely think that uh, that, um, that that was an interesting, um, an interesting development for us to find out that somebody was killed because of Mike's actions. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit more powerful that they didn't show that just because it, it's very – is very uh, – well, what, is, what happens to that guy? Uh, and they just kind of – they're just like, oh yeah, we we took care of it uh, because we're secret and you know we and had. They to- say they cleaned it up. I think. Yep. The, 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 oh, yeah. I, was I told you we cleaned it up. What did he say? Like shotgun to the face or something? It yeah. Was- it was just so matter of fact. It was so mm. like. Ugh. But that family literally does uh, solve things really quickly. I mean, you have Tuco who uh, beats the shit out of people because they they hit his car or because. <laughs> he was he- asking. Because somebody comes and uh, requests their drug money or because they're fucking with his grandma, you know, things like that, <laughs> you know. So it's not surprising that uh, Tio is very uh, – all right, you know, boom. Let's just call it a day and kill him and we're done. That's one reason I think that last part of the conversation was a little confusing because I think to Nacho, that was really obvious, like – yeah, I told you we cleaned it up. That means dude is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you not see these consequences coming, kind of? Yeah, definitely. And- yeah, and a little bit of like, Mike, you're good at what you do. How did you not see these consequences, you know? Like, how did you not, you know, figure this out? Because Mike is really good at what he does. He's really good at what he does. So how did he not think that there was going to be some sort of repercussions for, for, for doing this? That, that's such a great point because, you know, uh, Nacho came in saying, look, somebody did this. And uh, it was a, somebody who uh, did, couldn't pull the trigger, 
uh, I, I can't remember what the exact quote, quote is, even though I wrote it down. It was somebody who couldn't pull the gun, somebody who could take, couldn't kill, you know, take the shot, and that person was you. And so he, he totally deduced that it was him, but he was still sort of surprised, and he was completely confused. Like, he knew of all the people, probably Mike came to him to his mind first, because uh, he's really, they're really starting to understand each other a lot, but yet he still just couldn't make that connection as to why Mike would do that. And I'm kind of almost confused as to why Mike did that. Um, yeah, he's getting revenge, but mm -hmm. I don't, I've never seen Mike be someone, well, no, that was dumb, because episode 5-0 uh, five uh, five from season <laughs> one, we saw him get revenge, but That's that true. was his son. Um, so I, I just, I just don't see Mike being that, I don't understand. He's him not a typically vengeful person. Right. He's not, um, he's normally very cool headed. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't involve himself in things that he doesn't need to be involved in. Um, he kind of, he falls into things because of what he does for a living, but, um, but he doesn't. Uh, he does what is necessary and only what is necessary. Um, so this was a little bit of a deviation, and I think maybe we're starting to develop why. Because Mike is, is, Mike is a hard ass in Breaking Bad. He is a hard nut to crack. Um, and uh, he's a little bit, like you said earlier, Rick, a little bit softer in, in Better Call Saul. And I think we're starting to see a hardening of him. Um, and I think that, that this innocent death is, is going to be a, a really big, uh, blow and, uh, and he's, he's, is no longer going to take those vengeful actions anymore. Um, I don't think, um, because, uh, because it, it costs too much. I, and I want to share kind of a theory on why he might have, uh, you know, done this without calling the cut. Cause, uh, uh, a uh, tensor guy mentioned that he forgot to call the cops and, and that's where he messed up. I believe he – the reason why he did this and there's a reason why he asked the question twice of, you know, uh, how did you guys clean it up or, you know, why wasn't why wasn't it in the papers? Uh, that was the huge question because he asked that twice. Mm -hmm. I think he wanted to test and see how deep their money is spreading, whether it's into law enforcement that they're paying off or – you know, border patrol, things like that to cover things up. And I believe that was kind of a test on on if they have money into the Albuquerque police system or, you know, the border patrol and things like that. And I think that's what rocked him more after uh, he said, like, you know, oh, yeah, we killed him. You know, that's what happens uh, in our line of work. And, you know, he gets back to the car and he just kind of has this oh shit look on his face like yeah. what have i done he looks like a different person mm -hmm. and, and i think it was all just because it's mike is so calculating and you know it seems like he's one step ahead of everyone um when it comes to playing these you know games and detective stuff work that he's doing uh he wanted to see how deep is the money uh going as far as things like that and i just think wow. And I just think uh, he realized, like, you know, all because I wanted to know uh, something extra that I didn't even – I should have no involvement in. Um, he indirectly killed someone. Yeah, I agree. I didn't yep. realize that, that when – where he lived before, there was corrupt cops, and he was trying to root out corrupt cops here. I didn't catch that. Mm -hmm. I didn't catch that either, and I think, that, I think you're exactly right, Rick. 
Yeah, and BioCal calls it the "it's my fault" look, the the "my bad" look uh, that uh, he had on his face. Yeah, yeah, that was heartbreaking, and you felt that too. Um, mm. Yeah, that was that was, uh, and also, uh, I'm, I, I the the name of the actual actor escapes me, but Mike's character, the guy who plays him, uh, Jonathan Reyes. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, I screwed he, up earlier. I called him Airman. He is, he is just a fantastic actor and I, I i almost can't imagine him playing any other role which is which is a sign of a fantastic actor because he he just is that character and so um so yes yeah, so a little moments like that where where he does that 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 he's so hurt um and you can feel it um yeah that that was fantastic he he really is a great actor, and uh, again, a little more about the insider. But I but outside of that, there were some news stories this week. Uh, Mike, um, uh, Jonathan Banks, sorry, Jonathan Banks spoke at his old university. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I think so. whatever. He he went. He tried to go to college, had to drop out. Uh, and but it was a college. Maybe he did go finish. Anyways, his father. Wanted so de- his grandfather loved education so much. He told this great story about it, and wanted to be a part of education, but had to drop out in the sixth grade. And uh, but also was uh, laid the groundwork. It was the University of uh, Indiana, I believe. I'm, I know I'm screwing this up, uh, but it was such a touching story. But he was supposed to this week. I think on Tuesday he was going to get a um, honorary doctorate degree from the university. And he talked about uh, while he was in, you know, um, drama school that there that uh, a, um, a professor, while he was trying to perform, had said to him, you know, Mike, less, less. And he said that those were the words that stuck with him, uh, you know, every day when he acts is just go less, just do less. And yep. you know it, it, it it's so he, that that his his character in the show really embodies that that he doesn't have to say a word he just you, we know what he's thinking we know and we and then and then then we even care for him more because of his with his acting without words yeah yeah his, because his, you... I was gonna say his reactions uh, are probably better than his acting uh, like his facial expressions and things like that because in in one facial reaction that he he looks annoyed, but in the same facial reaction in a different uh, in a different environment, he looks pissed, which is something that I've I haven't seen uh, an actor do in quite a long time. I think part of that is because of the fact that he's so silent, and because of the fact that he relies a lot on. Um, on, on uh, displaying emotion with his face and with his, with his body language, um, <clears throat> uh, you have a tendency with an actor like that to internalize and to, well, what would I feel like in that situation? And I think that's part of what gives Mike such a powerful, because cause you, you identify with him so deeply and you feel what he feels. Um, because he's not overacting, because he's not straight coming straight out and telling you, so you're filling in the blanks and you're you're creating this more robust emotional experience because because Mike is 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 leaving certain things um, to to your imagination. I agree, yeah, definitely. Uh, show 
show don't tell. Uh, that, that's how we'll kind of end end on that. Uh, it's uh, unbelievable how Mike's, or I, I should say, uh, Jonathan Mike's acting chops are. See, I of, started a bad trend here. But that's all right. No, nope. uh, uh, he, you know, sets the standard for for acting on the on the show, and he really did a bang up job in Breaking Bad as well. So, so many goddamn great actors too. Uh, and yeah. I, know, I like Raya Seahorn. I think she's amazing, and 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 the whole speaking, acting without words stuff goes for her too. I just amazing, amazing group, and uh, of course Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can't. I I have to always praise him and then giggle <laughs> when I do. But uh, let, let's just move on. Yeah, uh, um, before, I was gonna say before we get on to uh, uh, other actions that indirectly hurt people, uh, we want to <laughs> talk about our sponsor, uh, Audible.com. They're back. And uh, we are specifically here to demo uh, one of Amazon's uh, flagship products uh, that um, uh, Amazon obviously owns Audible.com and things like that. And we all know that they have 180,000 audiobooks, and you can get a free audiobook uh, by going to audibletrial.com slash lawyer up. We all know that. And we all know that you can, you know, even sync it with your Kindle if you buy the Kindle book and it will literally turn the pages for you and read the book to you uh, because like me, I'm a very lazy person and I cannot read in my mind on a technology device. Uh, but it, you also uh, – the yeah, show us what you got there. Yeah, and so we have here the uh, Amazon Echo which uh, can actually play audiobooks uh, just – by by saying Alexa, play Audible book. Yes. Getting the book from Audible. Presuming yes. And just and just like that, it Whoa, it is yes. The future I, is now. <laughs> so if you can do cool things with. Am, the Amazon Echo. Uh, imagine what you can do with your mind uh, with reading or. Uh, but listening to all of these books, uh, which Audible has 180,000 audio audio programs from leading audio book publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, newspaper publishers, and everything else under the sun, get your free book and your free trial at audibletrial.com slash lawyer up. And remember, uh, technology is the greatest thing in uh, America. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Audible, for sponsoring our show. And well, I'm thank not, you, Audible. Yeah, I'm yes. not gonna. I'm not gonna. I want to say something so bad, but I won't. Um, so, what we really like to do is sponsor real uh, friends, great people, great projects, and yes. And this is That's, on Indiegogo. I guess it's not officially launched yet. And so, uh, Jaime, you can let us know. Um, the details about it, but it's, I, when I opened it, I, I said in chat, uh, WTF, cause I couldn't really quite figure out what this was about. Uh, cause I just saw this and I thought, wait, this is a joke. This is like, you know, uh, best Kickstarter video ever, uh, kind of joke, but, uh, it's not, it's, it's a legitimate thing. Uh, and, um, so do you, do you know more about it, Rick, or should I jump into I, I do not. Uh, actually, this thing literally just popped in our radar uh, as as we were going live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like there's a real uh, unicorn that toots uh, rainbows when you get notifications, whether it's uh, Twitter notifications, uh, 
yeah, yeah. yeah, everything. Everything under the sun. If if it's a notification, that thing uh, toots rainbows, which is uh, unbelievable, actually. I wonder if it can make the rainbows come out of my Pebble watch. <laughs> and it's and it's um it's it's holographic rain, uh, rainbow tooth too, which is which is the uh, yes. coolest thing ever. Right, and yes. funny you should say that, Sharon, because apparently, according to this diagram, it will make rainbows come out of your your <laughs> 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 uh, Apparently, so the internet. Here's a diagram. The internet node, uh, web socks, and tech stuff. Okay, I won't try to understand. Down to YouTube go- comments. Then over to good news, and you get a crying unicorn with blue hair with magical rainbow farts. I'm sold. Where do I sign up? Uh, that, that's all. That's all I need. No, no. Dave just sold a lot of people with that great explanation. I know I did. Um, but basically, you can see on the screen here. Whenever you get a notification, Toots announces it with a blast of awesomeness. It responds to Twitter at replies and follows. Uh, as well uh, with uh, programmable, programmable hashtags. Uh, you can configure this, Toots, to monitor your Twitch account and let you know when your favorites go live or whenever you get a subscriber or a tip. Uh, so in short, Toots will give you a rainbow, a uh, magical rainbow, whenever the Internet is singing your praises. And actually, guys, I think this is pretty damn cool because I it, it's kind of like a... if. Then, then that type thing, it sounds. But yep. this is something I've wanted to create for... Uh, I know this Diamond Club community has all kinds of bots that do great things for us, but I've, I've, I've often thought of trying to help out other shows and things that people do uh, with announcements like that and thought, who are the wizards that came up with that? And also, BioCow just entered into the chat, so if you'd like to learn more about Toots the Unicorn, you can go to yolo420.com slash unicorn swag. Awesome, awesome. And, you know, yep. I, I, just, I just, I didn't have a chance to really look it over, but again, I'm loving it more and more. And the thing is, is Tensor Guy, his science is tight, bitch. Like, yes. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Right, yo. He knows. Uh, he knows some science. That man. Yes. <laughs> that was that Especially was a sexy sentence, Jackie. I'm sorry. What did science. Right. What did you say? <laughs> I didn't hear you. No, whatever. It doesn't matter. But go check it out. Uh, toots is just like uh, Amazon Alexa, except it doesn't use uh, too much bandwidth and it can't read your your audiobooks. So now, can you make it? And, and it parts rainbows. Parts yeah, minor detail. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So thank you so much, uh, Tensor Guy Jaime, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, get launched and get going. So uh, this sounds great. Um, all right, so back to the show. Uh, Rick, do you want to lead us into our, another, our other part of the story, which is the Kim, Jimmy, Chuck? we got to come up with a name for it. Uh, the... Uh... <laughs> The McGill uh, Triangle of Woe is what we can call it uh, because it's li- it's literally Chuck is feuding with Jimmy. Jimmy is feuding with Kim. Uh, Chuck is uh, trying to influence Kim to betray Jimmy. It, it's it's a whole triangle of woe, it, it seems. And But before we kind of get into that triangle, I kind of want to start off with a lighter note of uh, – the commercial is back uh, being filmed at a school, which 
uh, I cannot yeah, wait to see this much. commercial. <laughs> it was so wonderful. I'm going to see. That? Yeah, I can't wait to see all of these commercials. And oh, uh, heads up from the insider da, 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 insider report. Um, you know, there there apparently when they shoot some of the stuff, they really make a full video. And they talked about the one I'm most looking forward to is the cobbler. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man! <laughs> apparently, there's a cobbler video. Could be an extra on a DVD or a Blu-ray. Uh, I feel I, yeah. They have to uh, put the cobbler on as an extra for a Blu-ray or a DVD. <laughs> so I'm kind of imagining all of these commercials, you know, being we, we got to because it's got to go somewhere, right? And you know them, you know they made it because uh, what was on uh, the name of Jesse's band? Um, Jesse had a rock band and he had several videos. Um, mm-hmm. Badger and yeah. Anyway, so um, I was gonna say they had a band and. For some reason, I think in the webisodes is where they really dived, mm-hmm. like dove deep into, into like Jesse's like band or like kind of somewhat of his backstory, uh, of that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think if it was on season one or season two, but either way, uh, I feel like that is something they'll release. Uh, yeah, on a Blu-ray or DVD or who knows, maybe in the Better Call Saul after show uh, episode next week. Then. Oh, I forgot. We're going to get a Talking Saul episode. I'm so excited yep. about that. They'll, they'll do that next week uh, after the finale, which gee, 10 episodes is, just seems really short. Uh, so short. But, uh, that was actually uh, I, in my final thoughts section. Um, I have a, I, I want to complain that I don't think this, this, uh, this season – has gotten very far, and I'm I'm a little disappointed. But oh, we'll 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 yeah, dive yeah, into we'll, that we'll at do the a end. Bit uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the one thing I do want to point out is that it, the camera crew is has added a makeup artist, and uh, <laughs> for some reason she's very uh, yeah she she is really too honest for the group. I was to say too honest and almost. Uh, Blew it with a with a fact that, that I didn't even know uh, about the Pina Colada guy. Which, out of all the songs that entertainment uses a lot, it's it's that song. But it seems like every time I learn a new fact about about that song. Yeah, I I remember tweeting out uh, that hey, who doesn't love making love at midnight? You know, I mean, come on, people, everyone does. And tons of like I quoted that part in the link. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was brilliant because who really knows? Uh, uh, Rupert Everett, I think was his name, the guy, and you know he's British or whatever. And uh, no, no, I I absolutely love that. Uh, um, but it, but it did seem kind of a like a weird little scene to plug into the show. It was like that 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 whole thing could have been anywhere in the season. It could have been mm-hmm. shot week one. Um, I think that was probably part of the point, though, because we because we we um we sort of missed the comic relief part of Jimmy um, mm. throughout the show because that was his whole role in and for the most part in Breaking Bad. So I think that 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 it was a, it played a really good um uh role for for um for just 
to for to lighten up the, the mood a little bit. And I also thought it was really funny the look that Jimmy gave the makeup artist when she said, um, isn't so and so from from isn't so and so British. Um, that was hilarious. <laughs> I loved when he pointed to Wendy, the assistant principal, and said, If you like making love at midnight like yep. yeah, I know you <laughs> and sing yeah. the song. We've heard Jimmy now awesome. sing twice. And that singing isn't Bob's strongest uh, part or <laughs> skill, but he's great. That's what makes it funny. I know yeah, yeah. it is. Because like in Mr. Show, uh, David Cross, oh my God, he is like an opera singer. He can fucking sing anything. So they always had him do uh, some of the bigger like uh, musical uh, stuff. But anyways, I, I just... I'm so glad. Like, but nothing beats uh, hearing Bob sing "Bali High" to to Raya Seahorn. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got. I don't know what their names are. I'm just gonna call them Raya, Bob, Jonathan, so I don't screw it up ever again. <laughs> Sounds fair if you, you feel that works. Uh, but the well, one thing I do want to mention, I think the reason why they put this scene where it was was because it was. It was really a uh, emotion. It was a really emotional uh, kind of tough scene uh, beforehand, which was you know the Jimmy Kim Chuck face off. Uh, before we kind of move on to that, which uh, I think the the show is clearly a drama, but mm. because it's a lot of it is just like almost knife to to the throat type, you know, drama. You. You have to have some light scenes because otherwise it's just going to be a really depressing show the entire the entire episode. Uh, but kind of before we move on to the to the triangle of whoa, Sharon has something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The triangle. We got to move you up closer to the camp too, so that we get you like yeah. Go ahead, Sharon. Sorry. Alexa was going to reach over. Yeah, I just want to interject that I think it also provided a really good contrast between like Kim did these five important lawyery sounding things today and then you know uh jimmy just has to say well i I made a commercial which we all know was like not really working and like totally illegal behavior and that's all he did today i don't know i think it just provided a contrast that made me say in my head like this is not going to work i don't know Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and it further um drives home that divide between um between Kim and Jimmy, because we all know that that's going to end badly, obviously. Um, but uh, but uh, it, it created that sort of um, she's going to get fed up with him eventually, and it's not going to be pretty. And so, yeah, so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna piss her off, and there's not going to be a coming back from it at some point. I but I thought- think. I think she kind of enjoys it still a little bit at this point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she seems to be okay with it. He's still sleeping in her bed and, you know, um, yeah, anyways. Well, the, the, the shot that kind of uh, significant, you know, uh, to, to kind of put things in perspective of whether they were still together or not was uh, it was when he was brushing his teeth and it was focused on the, the toothbrush container there's and two toothbrushes. Oh, yeah. There's mm-hmm. still two toothbrushes uh, in there. Uh, she didn't say, get your, pack your toothbrush and get the, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like the, 
the universal symbol of whether uh, things are going uh, good or not in a relationship uh, if you're living together is whether a second toothbrush is there or not. Yeah, I almost thought it was going to be like, well, the toothbrush is still here, but that's it. I don't know. And Yeah, it could have been that way too. I'm not a really good relationship person, so I, I couldn't tell you. Ah, <laughs> you guys, stop it. That's true. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, no, I, I, I really like that. I, I, and also I kind of took uh, Kim's reaction where she told Chuck, look, I think you're nuts. I think that you are doing this by candlelight. You can't really read the documents. You uh, made a mistake, and that's what I believe. But you know in her face, she knows, because you can see her, her face, everything just sinks when, when he starts to tell Kim how Chuck did this. I mean, how Jimmy did this. And, um, yeah. and and you know, she's like, oh, God, he did this again. And he did it for me. And, and then, you know, all of that. So, but her reaction is very attorney-like, very professional, which is, wait a minute. I don't believe this. I think you did this because you're doing this by candlelight. You, you know, and she lists all those things. She does it cool, calmly. And the only way we know she knows that Jimmy did this is that they get in the car and he pun- she punches him. And then finally, I took that scene with them in the bed together of her saying, well, you know, your brother is a smart attorney. You better have all of your I's dotted and your T's crossed. I thought she was, it was her way of, as an attorney, because I know how careful they are, of not admitting that I know anything about what you just, the fraud you just committed. Um, yeah. But I'm warning you, you better get your ass out there and fix whatever you, whatever trail you made, paper paper trail to use a legal TV show uh, pun uh, that you have to fix. So I absolutely loved that scene and I think it it perfectly describes how I I feel about Jimmy um, at this present moment And, and there was something that Kim said that I think is worth repeating. She said, I know he's not perfect. I know he cuts corners, but you're the one who made him this way, speaking to Chuck. Mm. He idolizes you. He accepts you. He cares for you. All you ever wanted was your love and support, but all you've ever done is judge him. You've never believed in him. You've never wanted him to succeed. Um, And then she promptly gets in the car and uh, wails out on him. Um, But I think that that perfectly describes, I think, how most of us feel about Jimmy is we understand him, and we understand Chuck, and... For me, personally, I'm a little bit more on Jimmy's side with this because I think with Jimmy, we all know he's honest about the fact that he's dishonest, whereas Chuck is dishonest about his his honesty. He is, um, he, he is, um, he, it plays a part of a person who is completely morally sound, completely um uh, a a a honest person um but deep down he's the one that is backstabbing jimmy he is the one that is um that is plotting and doing all this stuff you expect that kind of stuff from jimmy and jimmy is upfront about it the, within the first few minutes that you meet jimmy you know what kind of person you're dealing with whereas with chuck He's a little bit more shady about it. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and aside from the fact that he is a little bit of a narcissist and, and, and you know, thinks that he's better than Jimmy, um, which I think defines the relationship a lot 
Um, so I think that uh, that Kim sees that, and I don't think that that was her explaining away what he did. I think that that she knew what he did, but that that part of her speech to Chuck was completely one hundred percent her actual opinion because oh yeah he did do this to Jimmy. Jimmy is this way because of Chuck because he's been trying to live up to Chuck his whole life. Um, so yeah, so that was that was sort of a, a, a really important uh, part of her of her speech for me, um, and uh, I, I liked it so much that I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, it was really really good. I I totally agree, and I I noticed that she didn't get to that place where she got really aggressive and defensive and attacky with Chuck until he said, you're going to have to turn him in. And then she kind of turned on the switch of, where's your evidence? You know, I could totally, this is my defense for not believing you. Like, it's not like you just presented evidence. Mm -hmm. You telling me what you think happened and you have no evidence. So I don't have to give it to anybody because I don't know if that's what truly happened. One, she has a great point, um, because he didn't have any evidence at all. And two, um, she, I think she, her, her immediate reaction, which was my reaction too, is this is your freaking brother. Like this, you want to put him in prison? Mm. And for, for what? For doing a clerical error? For, for, you know, it, it, it was, it was so ridiculous and it was so Chuck. Chuck's pride being hurt. No, she's not going to put him in prison for something like this. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I just think that um, that uh, Chuck finally um, got what was coming to him with that speech and, and got told the truth. Mm-hmm. And I also liked how right after the the awesome part that you quoted, she said, and I feel sorry for him. But then the way she said, I feel sorry for you. To Chuck, get off your high horse. You are in the same pity boat, in my yeah. opinion. As it was like, and I feel sorry for you. Yeah, it just yeah, it's so good. More it like good. it was so good. It was so good. Like I have a really good, strong relationship with my brother that I didn't have when I was a really young adult, and then something clicked. I think I was like in a terrible car accident, and like I saw his reaction. Like so, so since then I've always felt bad. For people who don't get along with their siblings. I'm like, that is your sibling. That that person is made up of pretty much the same genes you are. And if you can't, like, have a strong relationship throughout your entire life, I just... It, it hurts. So that, that that really hit me when I saw that. Because, because I know sometimes things... Life goes to hell. And sometimes you don't get along with your sibling. But it, 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 it pains me when I see it. So, like, my tears, kind of, my eyes kind of teared up a little, as hers did when she said to him, I'm sorry for you, too. I'm sorry for the both of you. You know, get your shit together and work it out kind of uh, thing. But uh, anyways, um, yeah. So. Yeah, that, that was a very emotional scene. And I, there's, I think that there was a reason behind that madness of uh, putting the, the comical, like, you know, scene of filming, filming the commercial. Because uh, yeah, imagine going from there to uh, Mike realizing, oh shit! You know, I 
I indirectly killed someone, and then going into the uh, the final scene of him uh, trying to cover up his tracks and almost uh, well at this point we uh, almost indirectly killing Chuck. We don't know if he's dead or not uh, because Chuck is trying to because he feels so perfect that he needs to prove that he didn't screw up. That's, I think that's our last big scene is that whole copy room, which I thought was great. And I, I think I tweeted out that I would totally date Lance because, mm. <laughs> because he's, he's kind of like that kind of dorky kind of, I'm a copy guy. I work late at night. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, like Jackie has a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally do. I totally do. And then he has a cat. There's a cat on the counter, which you, if you looked at our pre-show stuff. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck, why the fuck is there a cat on the counter? And I was thinking, maybe it was like I a bank. I have a few friends that I can introduce you to, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I'm just, no, I don't want to find, no. <laughs> so, um, so, so anyway, so, so that there's that whole scene, and I love it, and I love Lance's reaction, and that little, you know, money exchange, and, but, but, yeah, guys, what did you think about this? Uh, I don't know, somebody... Rick, why don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, for for one, uh, Lance uh, sticking to his guns, which uh, I thought at the end he was going to buckle and be like, "Hey, you know, you're, that guy paid me uh, to to kind of cover things up." I thought that was going to happen, but he stuck to his guns, and I think a lot of it had to do with the the customer. Yeah, uh, and two, uh, Chuck just came off insane, and I think he knew that going in because he was originally going to go in with the the space blanket and uh he um he originally came in <laughs> could you imagine, you imagine? oh my god <laughs> i didn't even it's think of that but you're absolutely right yeah <laughs> so go 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 no, no, no so yeah he, he looked like a just a crazy you know old man uh, thinking the aliens are coming if he walked him into that coffee copy shop with the space blanket. And so I think he realized it and he put it away right away. Uh, and two, uh, he calls Ernie uh, by his full name uh, all Ernesto. the time. Uh, yep, yeah, Ernesto. Yeah, it took me a while to realize it's it's Ernie. Yep, I had no idea that was the full name for Ernie. And I J- think Jimmy calls him Ernie. Chuck mm-hmm. calls him Ernesto. Mm-hmm. So it uh, – and. Ernie is being like, hey, you know, maybe we should get out of here. And then he's just like, no, you know, I need to get to the bottom of this. Like, you will listen to me because I am I am an officer of the law. He's like, wait, so you're a cop? Well, you're like, no, yeah, I'm not. And then he just gets flustered to the point where he passes out. And I I thought the, the camera work of the first-person view reaction cam, whatever you actually call it, is perfect. The, the, the cuts, the sounds, Oof. the... Uh, and then ugh, that I, I don't know who does the foley for this show, but the uh, the head hitting the desk. Uh, <laughs> was, it was yeah, oh my gosh, Russo yeah. To where I don't think he survived that at all, and, and I think it was that. Yeah, uh, he's not dead. Chat. It was such a surprise. You mm-hmm. you think that he's gonna die? I think so. I really possibility. He, we're either, I didn't even consider that. We're either looking at he dies, 
or he is literally going to be a vegetable. Also, why didn't they call 911 right away? Right. Jimmy Jimmy said a few times, like, call 911, call 911. Why aren't you calling 911? I, wa- I wanted to call 911. Me mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Why did Jimmy call 911? Like, well, no, Jimmy bring... wasn't supposed to be the... here. There. Is... He's not... He can't call 911. Well, he could call anonymously, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, pay phones in this a... universe. There are pay phones everywhere that has Jesse Pinkman's signature on them. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, no, I um, I I was thinking, God, like I I will I will call for you, like I I just I totally I totally, yeah, it was um, yeah. I think it was shock is the reason why uh they didn't call nine one one. I think when you're in that situation, the first thing you do is is be like, hey, you know, hey man, you know, you shake and you know you see if they're which okay, be really which bad. is really clearly bad. unconscious though, so like. You, do that in real life uh of shaking the person if they yeah. do fall into that you know sort of situation um and two i, I think oh it no, was no, late no, sorry at- i was reading our chat room and uh, go ahead uh, um yeah i was about to call you roberto rick <laughs> and then no that's all i had to say uh, i, I no, think no. i just yeah. first he's mike then he's roberto <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I, I'm doing House of Cards in the morning. I was supposed to do it this morning. I screwed it up. Uh, no, but we 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 had some brilliant stuff in chat. Uh, BioCal um, said that. Uh, uh, or, okay, so he said, or maybe this will cure him from his radiation sickness or whatever oh. you want to call it, with his head hit, you know, getting hit on the head. But you know, uh, actually, Rick, I I, I I I I did not mean to stop you because I think that you were onto something because. I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I know I don't know nothing about the casting. I, I know that the show and I know the writers don't know about the casting and how long that goes. But it would make sense that Michael McKeon would leave the show at some, or some point early in the series. Not just because he's Michael McKeon, he's got a lot of other stuff to do. But because of the fact that if you think about the characters, um, at some point, uh, Jimmy... Uh, decides to le- obviously legally change his name to Saul Goodman. Otherwise, he couldn't. You know, he would. The, the, the New Mexico Board of, uh, you know, uh, Bar would not keep him on as an attorney unless his name was legally Saul Goodman. He could not go out and advertise. I'm Saul Goodman. Call Saul. So at some point, he legally changes his name to make a separation from McGill. Um, so there, at some yeah. point, there's something. You know, I mean, I don't know. Is that what breaks Jimmy? The fact that he killed his brother? Oh, my God. Yeah, and if so, stands there and does nothing while he's dying? I mean, we're looking at the equivalent. uh, Again, uh, I want to stress that if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, uh, this is the equivalent of uh, Walt watching someone die in season two. Oh, my Uh, God. So this is, and that was a huge, wow. it, the whole entire series, that was the whole build uh, of, you know, years, uh, and it's, it all comes to a head in the final season of like, you know, hey, uh, you, that you was know an that amazing person, scene. I, I didn't do anything about it. So, and I think we're going to lead in, I think that is the equivalent to that moment. And I, Good point. it's. It's so interesting because yeah, they could go uh, many different ways. We I mentioned the the vegetable concept, him passing, 
the the radiation uh you know is solved it's it's really interesting and i just i i have conflicted thoughts as far as should they have because we live in a world where the cliffhangers rule the world because they they want people to stay on board to the next season and there's the walking dead controversy there's the game of thrones controversy uh to me it it seemed like it would have been more powerful if it happened in the next episode where it just ended of like him going to the uh to the copy shop and be like oh shit ernie's there and then that's it um it seemed very i don't know it, again it's it's very I'm very conflicted because it at the end of the day yeah it's it's awesome uh that we have this conflict but uh I don't I just don't know how When I, you first said episode. about um about Chuck dying I was like no no and then I thought about it some more and I'm like this could be this could be it this could be cuz we've been waiting for the moment like when does Jimmy break Mm-hmm. And so this could this could definitely be it. So yeah, I think I think you might be right. <sighs> Don't please like I, this. This I is know. something that never occurred to me until you said it. And like you're you guys are saying, well, uh, it's it's killing me. But it it does it does fit in. And if there's any time to do it, it'd probably be now because there's the whole like Jimmy fucked me over mentality, where. He literally, he literally lost a, a case, which, in, in my opinion, or he lost a client. But in my opinion, I didn't think it was going to be that embarrassing, because he was, you know, at the board, he was all like, "Yeah, oh no, it's it's right, it's totally right." Well, and he then blamed the girl, and then right he blamed away. he blamed Paige, and then he blamed the, you know, the other guy, and he was like, "Well, you know," so it was very embarrassing, and he he said it in, in his little conflict with jimmy and kim it was the the most embarrassing moment of my professional career uh that moment so Hmm. you do have the the feel like connection with him of yeah that was kind of a a low blow there and uh if there's a time to do it as far as like redemption or him you know yeah he's gonna regret this forever this is the time to do it and and he, the, you know, he. I mean, I would, I will regret it forever, just as a viewer. I will, I will feel bad because I'm in love with Jimmy McGill, and I've said that a million times. And I, I will, I will, I will regret it because I will regret for him that he put his brother in this situation, knowing. And we he, were rooting for him. We were on Jimmy's side. Absolutely, like we've always been on Walt's side with Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. Yeah, it was such a... That's part of what, maybe this is where we get into that sort of, because you did kind of feel guilty watching Breaking Bad, that you were rooting for this for this monster this whole time, mm-hmm. and, and still kind of are, mm-hmm. um, and throughout the whole show, I mean, so, um, yeah, so I, I think that maybe, um, maybe we're going to start to get to that point with Jimmy, maybe not as... He, Jimmy obviously isn't going to get evil. He's just going to turn into Saul Goodman. But um, but we're going to get to a point where um, 
yeah, we start to feel guilty for having rooted for him, given what his actions caused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sharon, you look like you're about to jump in there. Did you, you want to? Yeah, I, I fully agree. Um, I just feel like it was so, so emotional all over the place because I remember a season, an episode or two ago where we were so excited about that montage at the coffee place and mm-hmm. it's just so, so great and exciting. And then right away when, when Chuck was like getting embarrassed, I actually started to change positions and feel bad for Chuck. Like I didn't understand why I don't like Chuck at all, but it was just like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like it kept getting worse. And then it was the same thing at the end again with the copy place that I was just feeling like, oh, my goodness, it's so lucky that Kim happened to say something and gave Jimmy the heads up. And now he can, you know, fix this. And it would have been bad if if she hadn't said anything and he hadn't gone there. And then before I know it, it's like, oh, but you I wish it. he hadn't gone. I was going to say in. You you could also argue that this is Kim's fault too. Exactly. Of, of saying, hey, you know, you should go fix that. And if you know she didn't say that, you know, it's the whole you know cause and effect thing. And exactly uh, and how that. does Kim react if if Chuck passes away? Because she knows she knows what Jimmy did. So, what is her reaction to all of this? Yeah, I'm getting yeah. so sad. Yeah, it, like I said uh, before the break, this is uh, this is a indirect, uh, you know, cause of a possible death, just like just like Mike. And uh, it's interesting how both uh, stories, uh, and we we've had the conversation on why they haven't been crossing, uh, you know, a whole bunch. But it, both of them feel, you know, a loss. Uh, that yeah. they didn't necessarily do, you know. Yes, they didn't pull the trigger, but they they were the one that ordered the trigger to be pulled, and and that's possibly worse uh, than pulling the trigger itself, causing the chain, causing of causing the chain of events, and and yeah, we're it, it's going to be a very uh, expl. I, I don't use the word explosive uh, a lot, but it's going to be an explosive. <laughs> kind of I love you, Sharon. You're like back there, like. Argh. <laughs> no, no, no! It will, it will be. There, and and you know what, guys? Um, honestly, I was just gonna say, I take back what I said in the middle of the show, and it's after talking to you guys that I feel a little bit different about it. I was going to say that I thought uh, that maybe the season was moving a little too slow for my taste compared to Breaking Bad, and maybe that's because I've just been watching the last two seasons of Breaking Bad. Uh, in my spare time, but I I think that I think I think you're right. I think we might very well see something massive, explosive, in the next episode, and I think I think that could like change the way we think about everything. Um, yeah, I, go ahead, Rick. Uh, I was gonna say, in Breaking Bad, it, the the first season and second season get a lot of like flack for being too slow, but. Uh, at the end of the day, when the whole season was done, it was perfectly, you know, paced. Uh, yeah, sure, there was a, an episode or two where it, it was it seemed pointless, but towards the the end game, it it was like, oh, that's why they did that, you know, uh, like the gray matter stuff. And also, these are really complex characters. You need to get to know these people. Um, so yeah, so um, 
I think that it's perfectly justified the pace that they've been going because you need to connect with these people like they're actual human beings in order to give a shit about the show at all. So, so yeah, so I, I don't I don't have a problem with pacing at all. Yeah, me either. It's it's hard not to, but it's not fair to compare the first two seasons of one show to the last few seasons of a different show. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the, like you said, the first few seasons are going to be slower. Right on. I, I, I completely agree with you both. Uh, we got some a lot of great comments in the chat room. Um, you know, in Tondagasa, thank you, sir. You did point out that it is electromagnetic uh, hypersensitivity. Uh, I think we did an episode in our, our first round where we talked about whether this is a real thing. Because this is the thing that that's what's messed up is that there are people who have this condition or have had it. Uh, I've seen some stories in the UK, and we just don't know if it's still real, but maybe it is. And I love that they're playing it out that this is completely real. And I love that uh, Jimmy, for never for one moment, yes, he'll call him a baked potato on a couch when he's wrapped up in aluminum foil, but he still, like, will do, he'll, you know, he'll call 911. He's going to do whatever it takes just for the health and safety of his brother. Um, so, yeah, this would definitely be the thing that switches in Jimmy's brain that he, yep. uh, you know, he can't handle. He can't handle that pressure. Um, uh, a biocal says a 50-50 on whether he dies or recovers from his hypersensitivity. Um, part of me thinks that they have to get rid of him to move the story so we can see Walt and Jesse. Uh, I don't think <laughs> so. I think if we get Walt and Jesse at some point, no. Um, like, it's going to be an aside. It's going to be something where he's not tied into Jimmy McGill or, or Saul Goodman. Unless it's a fast forward, uh, which, which is what is beautiful about the show, is that it's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's everything. It's beyond... Breaking Bad, it's before, it's concurrent. And so, yeah, no, that you're you're right. That could happen. Um, but uh, anyways, so there's a lot of stuff going on in the chat. Join us, DiamondClub.tv, when we record on Thursdays. Uh, but, yeah, um, um, I guess we need to kind of wrap it up. But I did want to know what you guys think because we are now going into the season finale. So why don't we start with our guest, uh, Stacey. Uh what are your, now that we've all talked this over, what do you think about what are your final thoughts about how this Rick go? Rick blew my freaking mind. <laughs> um I I did not consider Chuck dying um or even having any permanent effects. Uh I was more along the lines of I think BioCal uh said that he, he might be cured of his um of his electromagnetic hypersensitivity um but yeah i i was along the i'm also i'm also a self-admitted optimist in in life in just general so um so i i definitely went towards like the happy ending but that's not generally how shows like that's not how generally how breaking bad went and that's not generally how how uh um uh, better call Saul goes so yeah so i think I I hate to say it, but I think we've seen the end of Chuck, whether he is a vegetable for the rest of his life or whether he dies. Yeah, I, I think uh, maybe 
that's the way I, I think of things is doom and gloom. Uh, I really think this is going to this moment uh, that we just saw is going to affect a lot of people for the next couple seasons to come, uh, especially if we're picking up right where it left off uh, on Jimmy debating on whether he's calling 911. Whether or not it leads to him changing his name to Saul Goodman and doing all that stuff, whether the commercial, now I'm just spitballing things, the commercial comes into play uh, as far as the the titles are concerned uh, on whether he keeps it Jimmy McGill or Saul Goodman. uh, I guess we'll find out uh, next week. Uh, Sharon, what are your final thoughts on what's going to happen next week and what just happened? Well, yeah, I got got – the opportunity to watch the episode with Rick and I could tell just by his reaction and lack of breathing and look on his face that he thought that right away. And I, yeah, definitely (laughs) an option. Uh, yeah, I, I'm concerned, scared, worried about that situation, really worried about Jimmy and how he's gonna handle this, especially with, um, you know, when someone, passes and you remember all those things I mean all the stuff that uh, Kim just said might have a more jarring effect I don't know I'm really also worried about Kim and Jimmy knowing that it's going to end and knowing that she knows he's doing really illegal things for her which she specifically said not to do I don't know and and also, I'm still stressing about how upset Mike is as well. Mm. So, yeah. Jackie, final thoughts. Uh, um, uh, uh, mine, mine are always bizarre. Uh, I think I'm going to marry Jimmy McGill. <laughs> and, uh, hey, he's going to see. He's going to call my cell phone and leave me a recording of Bali High. No, no, I, 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 I don't know. I really don't know. I really didn't know. I guess I've been more thinking of the Mike story as, as to – I guess I keep reaching for the people they'll bring in. Um, and, you know, I still expect to see Gus. And and I think that that's wrong and dumb now. We're not going to see him this season, of course. And uh, nor will we see Hank. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I did I, – I, the the Chuck's the Chuck and Mike story I I just I I really did continue to see this going as an ongoing story I don't see concluding the season but you're probably right I'm I'm probably too blinded by my you know fandom weakness that I I can't get past it but I think I think you guys. Might have you might be on to something, sir. I I guess I might be. I don't know. That that was just something I tossed out, and uh, it'll be interesting to uh, kind of uh, see where things play out. And if uh, you kind of want to give your opinion on on if Chuck survives, if he's a vegetable, if he beats the electro hypersensitivity and becomes the the great boss uh, that. We all think that Jimmy's going to face uh, towards the series wrap. Uh, please leave us uh, some feedback at, uh, at lawyeruppodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, drop us a, a Twitter message at, at lawyeruppodcast or 
uh, or you can give us a call uh, if you need a, some sort of a, like shoveling of the driveway. You can leave us a, a voicemail at 505-757-1760. And as always, we go live uh, every Thursday night uh, at DiamondClub.tv. And join the chat at uh, hashtag LawyerUp. And uh, we want to thank our guest, Stacy. Uh, Stacy, where can people find you on, on the interwebs? Um, on the interwebs, I live on Twitter at uh, Stacy S T A C Y B B E E twenty three. So uh, that's at Stacy B twenty three. And uh, yeah, so um, I I recently started actively using Twitter. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, um, so that's something that uh, that I'm, I'm enjoying so far. Um, but yeah, come find me, and I'll talk to you because you know I don't have that many people on there yet. So, <laughs> she's awesome. Yes, Stacy is awesome. A wonderful guest uh, on this on this episode. So we really do appreciate uh, her uh, joining on as, oh. as a guest. Yeah, it was fun. Jackie, uh, where where can people find you on on L Interwebs? Well, I'm glad you asked, Rick. Uh, I uh, well lately lately I've been doing some live streaming of some puppet building that I've been doing so you can follow me on Twitch Twitch slash Jackie Hearn, just go to J- at Jackie Hearn eighty one to follow all of the rest. But I was going to say in lieu of plugging myself, which I did a million times, and also I'm starting a Patreon this week uh, for puppets. <laughs> I'm full of them, aren't I? Please go to HTTP uh, or yolo420.com slash unicorn swag so that's yolo420.com slash unicorn swag and if you're watching this as a recording you're already looking at it on the screen um but yeah check check this project out it's it's the this guy is like i said he his science is tight yo Yo. So what about Yo. you, Rick? You and Sharon, what what are you guys up to? Are you you're gonna you're gonna be doing something a podcast beyond this, right? Uh, allegedly, that's that's what I tell myself uh, every day. Uh, if you follow at Rick Foster, uh, you can uh, kind of see what I'm up to. The hope is to do a a podcast for myself, and the hope, if I uh, throw the money outright to a certain person. Is to do a uh, orphan black kind of talk because uh, yes. that show is uh, really really good. Uh, so who knows? Maybe enough uh, Twitter message messages uh, to me will convince Sharon to one do it and two to get a Twitter as well because uh, the only means of contact is through me and sometimes I tell her and sometimes I don't. I feel <laughs> can, I, can, I be, can I be a guest? Yes, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Just have me on yeah. one point. I would love to talk about that show. It's a great show. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys would rock at that. Like, like I said, you were the one that made us all think that uh, that that somebody might die. I don't want anyone to die. I don't. I don't want anyone think, to die either. And... I think Rick just is. Uh, he's a a uh, he's a, a uh, charlatan, and he knows the future. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm really good. I'm, I'm, I'm exceptionally good with The Walking Dead. I do a show on that, uh, which don't even don't bother, don't go watch it. Uh, and I predict everything. Watch like time out. Watch, watch. Uh, no, 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 no. It's over. It's over. Don't, don't. But, but don't watch. Uh, <laughs> don't watch. 
Watch House of Cards. Uh, but and, and, that's fine. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're good. Uh, a show with... Uh, so I've just now successfully plugged like 15 things. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, well, it's not your fault. You got so much going on. Yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable it's, how creative. Uh, it's that Jackie. time of the month, guys. Sorry. So, yep that that time of the month, every other <laughs> Wednesday, with, with her and and Crunchy, and if you feel like you need uh, more podcasts and, and more, it you know, I will create it for you. And, you know, sometimes people uh, go crazy. Sometimes you might need a lawyer. And, Jackie, you, you know what to do when you when you need a lawyer. Yeah, you know, particularly when you start slashing people's tires and taking money out of it, you might want to... Lawyer up. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>